Well, good morning, church. If you're ready for God's word, come on, say amen. Wherever you are, say amen. All right, come on, one more time, say amen. I think we got a view of some people on home. Uh, Come on, say amen. 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 All right, here we go. We're ready uh, for Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, if you would, turn in your Bibles now. We are indeed, Pastor Jared had already prayed for us, and so come on, let's dig in together. We're in our series called Centered. The theme of our series is this, centering our lives on Christ. For, uh, just as we've said, as uh, planets and our solar system rotates around the sun by a gravitational force, so uh, in the same way, whatever we put at the center of our lives indeed uh, causes us to be gripped as well. You see, now more than ever, church, Now more than ever in the circumstances that we find ourselves in, how much more weight, how much more severity, how much more crucial is it even now in these days when life and death is on the line that we would really take the time to center ourselves on Christ. Here we are again firsthand living, learning, Uh, what it's like for our lives to be gripped by something that we did not ask for, nor certainly something that none of us would ever have wanted. Friends, this morning I want to start out by saying this for sure. This pandemic that we find ourselves in, it can begin um, fears, anxieties, disappointments, griefs, and despairs can begin to center themselves in our lives And while indeed this is beginning and has for sure affected our schedules and it's affected our thoughts and it's beginning to affect our relationships and it's beginning to affect other things that we really long to do. While this has the power indeed to capture us in a sense, it indeed also though does not have the power To captivate our hearts or to control our minds. You see, this morning we're on this. We're on this Christ-centered pursuit. Say pursuit. Pursuit. So here's the question for you. Uh, When this is all said and done, like when you're able to leave your house again finally, uh, what is it that you will uh, be pursuing like immediately? Like right now we can pursue Jesus Christ. That's the joy in all of this. But, But again, when you're allowed to finally walk out your front door, like without the risk of whatever, like you can walk out. What are you going after and pursuing All right, come on. As far as I'm concerned, I cannot wait, and I'm starting to get a little cranky about not being able to go to the gym, all right? A shout out to my fitness community. Like, I need it. But fortunately, we're staying connected uh, online as well. You see, for my wife, uh, here's what I know that she'll be pursuing. Uh, She cannot wait. My wife cannot wait to get a sitter and go eat a meal that she did not have to cook. Come on, anybody with me on this? This is legit for real. This is a pursuit that's coming very soon. My kiddos, on the other hand, uh, my kiddos, uh, 
Uh, little Joshua is, uh, he's already asking for a haircut. And uh, the reason why he's asking for a haircut, as you can see in this picture, like for him, this is all about the lollipop. Come on. You got to get a barber that gives out lollipops and you'll have weekly haircuts for your kiddos. Uh, there we go. Next, next kiddo, what's he longing for? He is going to, he cannot wait to get back out on the soccer field. What are you pursuing? What are you longing for? I got another one, little Elijah. What is he longing for? He, come on, doesn't this warm your heart? Like he just can't wait to get back to school. He wants to get back to school and he wants to get on the bus with his neighbor friends. How torture is it? How torturous is it? to see your kiddos playing in the backyard and then seeing their friends that they normally play with playing in their backyard and not being able to cross over? Friends, this is the reality that we live in. And Isaiah, Isaiah, what is he longing for? Uh, for sure we have ice cream at home, but this guy wants to go get an ice cream cone at his favorite dairy. We all have something that we are looking forward to pursuing. And while we're not able to go out and pursue these things right now, here is the point this morning. There is nothing, there is nothing, there is nothing preventing us from pursuing the Lord right now. And as a matter of fact, I want to invite you to consider this this morning. What if all the weight and the grief and the burdens that you're bearing right now, what if you began to view them as an invitation from the Lord? Now more than ever, the distractions that typically keep us from pursuing Christ. Those distractions that oftentimes cause us to kind of push Christ out of the center, they're being removed. And so what if we took the season as an invitation from the Lord to pursue him? What would that look like? When you read through your Bible, you'll find the invitation of the Lord calling upon you in times of anxiousness to run to him. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, cast all your anxieties on him, Jesus. Why? Because he cares for you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it's another invitation from the Lord. What does it say? Here it is, don't be anxious about anything. This seems so uh, much easier said than done, but what does he go on to say? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, by prayer and supplication, go to the Lord in prayer. Supplication means earnest prayer. When you feel anxious, drop to your knees. That's what the Lord is inviting you to do, to pursue him. Then he says this, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And then what's going to happen? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. Think about this. As you pursue Christ, he stands guard over your heart. Peace. And so, friends, if you're ready this morning to pursue Christ in these difficult times, if you're ready this morning to cast aside by the, in the strength of the Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that which is captivating us otherwise, if you're ready to pursue Christ this morning, come on, say, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. All right, here it is, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. Uh, you guys um, uh, who have been tracking along, you know the context for sure, but there's many of you who are joining with us online for the very first time. So we're in the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians is a letter that's written by the Apostle Paul. Now, here's the fascinating thing about this letter. This letter written by the Apostle Paul was written by a man who essentially was social distanced. Now, his situation is certainly different than ours. He's sitting in a prison cell. Uh, he, he had no choice in the matter whatsoever. 
But he's writing to a, to a church, to believers, to a group of people that he longs to be with. Can you relate? And there's spiritual pressures coming on the people that he loves. There's spiritual pressures and false teachings and temptations by those who are trying to, to kind of push Jesus out of the center of their lives. And so the Apostle Paul, again, continuing his thought, picking up his pen, he writes this letter to people he longs to be with. And here is what he says. Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, being rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental principles or spirits of the world, and not rather according to Christ. All right, friends, here we go. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6, six through 8. Six marks of a life lived pursuing Christ at the center. Six marks of a life lived pursuing Christ at the center. This is what a life lived and a Christ-centered pursuit will experience. When you're pursuing Christ at the center of your life, here's the first thing that you'll experience. As we pursue Christ, our walk with him will be steady. As we pursue Christ, our walk with him will be steady. Listen, now more than ever is a time for us to pursue. Now the temptation exists like never before to become inconsistent, to have these moments of doubt to have these moments of despair, to have these moments not only of physical isolation, but I dare to think there may be some of you who are even now beginning to feel yourself relationally distancing and you're sensing that it's just too much effort to stay connected. That's one thing when it's with one another, for we do need each other, but what begins to happen when that is our experience with the Lord? And so the Apostle Paul comes now and he says, come on. Just as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. Walk in him. Just as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. And what does it look like to walk with the Lord with steady steps? Well, the way we walk with the Lord, it takes the same way we walk with the Lord day by day by day by day is actually the same way we came into relationship with the Lord at all. And so you have to ask yourself, he's saying, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So the way I'm able to walk with the Lord is the same way that I received the Lord. And so how did you receive the Lord? Come on, Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. This is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Catch it. How do you walk with the Lord day by day? How do you keep your walk steady? By faith. By faith. Remember what the false teachers were trying to do to the church in Colossae? They were trying to complicate the walk. They were trying to add in strict rules and they were trying to add in mystical experiences and they were trying to add in complicated, deep, special knowledges and, and teachings. And, and here's the deal. The apostle Paul comes in and he says this, your walk with the Lord needs to be simple. 
Yes, there are deep. Yes, there are rich truths that will enrich your walk with the Lord. But come on, get the wide shot on this, guys. Your walk with the Lord is as simple as taking a step. We like to say around here that your walk with the Lord takes two feet. And we say this as we walk. We learn what it means to walk in Christ, and then we live out what it means to walk in Christ. We learn what it means to walk in Christ, and then we live out what it means to walk in Christ. You could think of it this way as well. How do you grow in your relationship with the Lord? Well, you, you pray and speak with the Lord, and then you come and read his word and you listen. You come and you speak to the Lord in prayer, and then you come to his word and you listen. What does it look like to walk with the Lord again? It's two feet. It's two feet. We're, we're lo- think of it in this way. It's loving. And so we love the Lord and then we love one another. And then we love the Lord and we love one another. But how is this accomplished? It's all done in faith. We live and we learn. We pray and we listen from God's word. But we just, hear me, just keep taking steps. Day by day, whatever that looks like in your personal home, in your context, what does it look like for you to take another spiritual step tomorrow just believing that the spiritual ground is going to be under your feet as you take it? And um, speaking of ground, that leads us to our next point. You see, as we pursue Christ, the second mark of a life lived pursuing Christ will experience this. Our roots in Christ will be strong. Our roots in Christ will be strong. Look at the text. The text says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, verse 7, now rooted. Rooted. You see, when we pursue Christ in faith, we immediately become grounded in Christ. And part of pursuing Christ is reminding ourselves. It's reminding ourselves that we are deeply rooted in Christ. It's the difference between a maple tree and an oak tree. You catch this? It's the difference between a maple tree and an oak tree. This is what I've learned. Any horticulturalist with us this morning, you can feel free to kind of chime in on the, on the chat thread if, I, if you need to correct me in any way. I want all things to be true. But here's the deal, right? A maple tree kind of has broad roots. What I learned about the oak tree is it has a deep tap root. And this deep root that goes far into the ground as it grows, it enables the oak tree to withstand all types of forces and all types of gales and all types of winds and storms that come by. I walk outside of my house and you look at the trees. And have you lost a tree with a shallow root? The point of this text is not whether you have a shallow or a deep root. The point of this text as we pursue Christ is to remind ourselves that our root is deep. It is deep. It is deep. Christ has secured us that we have a hope that has been made more sure that Jesus Christ has us in his grip and in his grasp. How much more right now do we need to be reminded that Jesus Christ has you rooted. You are rooted in him. And once you're rooted in him, nothing can dislodge you from his love. Come on, hear this. Romans chapter 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Who is that? Come on, it's Christ. This is why it's crucial to continue to place Christ at the center so that we can believe and we can know. Too many of us, again, are living like the maple tree. When in reality, we have a deep taproot that's spiritually secure in Christ. And here's another thing that I learned recently about the oak tree. You see, the oak tree, as it grows, it's a sapling. There's not a lot of growth on the top side of the tree as it grows early on. But rather, it spends all of its time and all of its energy early on growing the roots deep down into the ground. And so what's the point? What's the point? Now's the time to be equipped. Now's the time to be established. Now is the time when we need to remind ourselves that Jesus Christ has rooted us in his grip. And speaking of being established, it leads us to the third mark of a life lived pursuing Christ. You see, when we pursue Christ particularly in times of trial, here's what happens. When Christ is at the center, when you make him the main focus during these times, our establishment in Christ will be stable. Our establishment in Christ will be stable. Look at what, look at what Paul says. You come back to the verse again, just repeat it again. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him and built up in him and established in your faith. This, this term built up is a construction term. This idea of being built up and established is kind of getting things secure. And here's what I want you to catch today. God does not lay faulty foundations. Our God does not lay faulty or crumbly foundations. And I can assure you as, with, as this as well, that he does not create flimsy walls. He's laid a foundation in your heart and he's building a spiritual home within you that is strong and secure. And so we ask ourselves, what does this look like? Jesus Christ is a master builder. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. Jesus Christ, the master builder. And you see, as he builds us up, as Jesus Christ continues to build us up, as he continues to build the church up, guess what? You and I have the privilege of joining his work crew. Come on, you got your hard hat on? That's exactly what the Lord is calling us to do right now. We may be socially distanced. We, not, we may not be physically in the same room together, but you've got a phone. You've got technology. You're logged in right now. The Lord wants to use you to build somebody else up. But how does that happen? It happens with a steady walk with the Lord. It happens by reminding ourselves that I am rooted and nothing is going to take me out of his grip. And it happens this way. By once I realize that, as I'm living and learning and being built up in the Lord myself, the way, the next step is this. Come on, build somebody up. Encourage somebody. Remind them of the goodness of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4 actually tells us how this works. It says this, and he gave the apostles and the prophets 
and the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Did you check that? Did you catch that? First part is this. The Lord has called leaders and pastors and shepherds to do what? To study God's word, to work out of their giftedness and to equip the church, to equip one another. And now watch what happens. Verse 12, to equip the saints so that they can do the work of ministry for building up of the body of Christ. We do the work of ministry together. Now more than ever before when we all can't gather in a room, how much more does the Lord want to use you? When we say loved and sent, come on and think about that. We are feeling feeling the sense of sentness like never before, all in our own context. To equip the saints for the work of building up the body, you are being used by the Lord on a spiritual construction site right now. How long do we need to build? Look at verse 13. Until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Until we all reach a mature man and womanhood and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. Why do we want to do this for one another? Here's why. So that we're no longer, we're no longer to be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. By human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, what are we to do? What are we to do? We're to speak the truth and love to one another. And in doing so, we grow up in every way into him who is the head in Jesus Christ. Watch. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it is built up in love. Friends. Now, more than ever, let me say it again. How honored I am to be a member of Mission Church. To be called to be able to open God's word for you and to remind us of this. God has been, we've been walking with the Lord for a time such as this. We've been rooting ourselves and reminding ourselves of being rooted in the Lord for such a time as this. And we have been establishing one another. Why? For such a time as this. For we've been preaching and we've been saying and we've been practicing that we are a church of small groups. We understand that that the Sunday morning gathering is crucial. But the work of ministry is happening day by day in everyone's context. And so what do we do? We come to the Lord and to his word and we live and we learn We pray and we come to his word and hear and we love the Lord and we love one another. Friends, come on, just make a note right now of who the Lord would have you to encourage specifically, not just generally. Yes, yes, please share posts. Yes, please pass the service on to other people. But who can you specifically be used by the Lord to build up today, this coming week? A life lived pursuing Christ is one that will walk steady with him. It's one that will be reminded that he's rooted, that you're deeply rooted. You'll, you'll participate in the establishing process so that we all are stable before the Lord. Now point four. When we pursue Christ, our understanding in Christ will be sound. Our understanding in Christ will be sound. Now more than ever, your confidence in Christ ought to be at its max. Now more than ever, we need to come to God's word because Paul says this, our ability to walk steady, our ability to stay rooted, our ability to build up, watch, look at what it says, build up in him and established in the faith 
just as you were taught. When the pressure comes, when the weight bears down, when the anxiety creeps in, what are we relying on? We're relying on that which we know to be true, that which we've been taught. And this is why I have to remind myself day after day after day after day, Jerry, get back up, get back down on your knees, get in God's word, and don't allow this to knock Christ out of the center of your life. It's God's word, friends. Yes, we need one another, but in order to minister one another, we've got to be fed just as you were taught. And so I need to remind myself of what I was taught because it's the word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15, do your best to be approved unto God, a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, who can rightly handle the word of truth. Now the Lord is calling us to use his word to center yourself and to help keep others centered. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God breathed. This is God speaking to you. It's profitable for what? Teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. This is what keeps me centered. Day by day, it seems a little bit harder, right? Uh, to know what our next step really is. And that's where Psalm 119 reminds us, reminds us of this. It's the word of God that is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know what I think is fascinating? It's amazing how many miles my mind travels just by sitting still. Think about how many miles your mind travels just by sitting still. What if Psalm 119 is also speaking of this? Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet and a light unto thy path, both in our physical past, but certainly for sure, all the more. Isn't it our emotional and our spiritual paths as well that God's word desires to direct? This is what it looks like to pursue Christ in the midst of a trial. Coming to him daily, walking, reminding ourselves that we're rooted, seeking to be built up in Christ ourselves so that we can encourage one another, then coming to his word, now this, Our understanding of Christ will be sound for sure, but now this, our gratitude in Christ will be satisfied. Our gratitude in Christ will be satisfied. That's why when you come to God's word, the apostle Paul says this, just as you were taught, watch, watch, abounding in thanksgiving. Just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. You see the word abounding, the word abounding, it speaks of overflowing, so it speaks of um, not just having the picture, oh, we better open this thing. You with me on this? All right, here we go. It's abounding that we would have gratitude that is overflowing. And you know what? In this day, I have difficulty sometimes in the morning waking up and looking at a computer screen again. And as I watch the news, it's becoming incredibly difficult for my heart to be full of gratitude. But this is why putting Christ at the center, it enables you to experience something that isn't natural. Peace and gratitude and joy. It's a gift from the Lord. How do we fill our hearts with gratitude? Gratitude is a fruit of the Spirit. 
Gratitude, as I just said, is something that the Lord gives. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us how to fill our hearts with gratitude to the point that it's overflowing. What does it look like to have the Spirit of God within us? Let me read Ephesians chapter 5 for us. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So um, if you're reading the Bible kind of for the first time, and this is the first time you've seen this verse, you're like, well, that's an interesting verse. What in the world is happening there? What he's saying is this. Don't be controlled by other substance. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Don't let something else control your life, but let the Holy Spirit control your life. Now, verse 19. How do we do that? By addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. This is why it's so important to gather This is why even if it's online, just singing to the Lord and participating in Christ-centered activities. Gratitude. Fruits of the Spirit fill our hearts in these moments. And then look at verse verse 20. Dress one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks. Sound familiar? giving thanks in everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, there's moments where like that's so happening. And then there's other moments where it's like I can't get the picture over. There's other times when I just can't, I don't know what it is, I just can't bring myself, I can't bring myself to be this way anymore. It's one thing to have your heart full, but I feel like, I don't know if I'm the only one, I feel like my heart leaks. I feel like I get it full of gratitude, full of the Holy Spirit one day, full of these fruits of the Spirit, and then all of a sudden I can wake up tomorrow and I'm like, where did it all go? Acts chapter 3 says this, maybe this will help us. Repent therefore, it says, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Then what? The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's not a suggestion, it's a discipline. It's something that I have to remind myself of. And and when I become selfish and when I become self-centered and when life begins to revolve around me and woe is me and I got to get up and I got to do this again, what do I need to do? What does the verse say? I got to come to the Lord and say, God, I know that you've commanded me to be grateful. And so forgive me and fill my heart with, with joy and grace and peace because it's in these moments when I come to you that times of refreshing in your presence are real. Friends, this is as tangible and as practical as we can make this. This is not a time to lay up or to fade back. This is a time when the Lord desires to reveal our faith and your faith as strong. How's your heart? Are you able to identify reasons to thank God today? Just knowing that you're able to hear my voice is an incredibly significant reason for me to thank God. You see, as we pursue the Lord, even in these difficult times, what are we doing? We're walking with the Lord step by step. Living and learning and living it out. We're praying and we're coming to his word and we're listening. That's where our relationship with God happens. And then we're loving We're loving God and we're loving one another. And then we're reminding ourselves that we are deeply rooted in Christ. It's a reality. 
Our taproot is deep. And, and the way that we continue to remind ourselves of just how deep that root is, is that we would establish one another. We would encourage each other and be built up and participate with the Lord and encouraging one another in building one another up. Because as we do, our hearts will then be full of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, hope, and self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit that result. And now finally this, the sixth mark. Paul goes on to say, when you're pursuing Christ in this way, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, you walk in him, you're rooted, you're built up, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now, verse 8, you'll be able to see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit. You won't be taken captive according to human traditions or according to elementary principles of the world. Rather, you'll want to be captivated by the first principles of Christ. You see, pursuing Christ gives us this. Our safety in Christ, our spiritual safety in Christ is secured as we come to him day by day, moment by moment, placing our trust in him. See to it that no one takes you captive. See to it that no one takes you captive. Who, are the, who is the no one? It's the philosophies. It's the, it's the things that we're being told. It's the things that we're grieving and that we're lost so often. It's my own thoughts and my own minds relying on what I think I deserve right now that is causing me to lose joy and allowing the Lord to be knocked out of the center of my life. Friends, the church in Paul's day was under threat. The church in Paul's day had a lot of distraction and had false teachers and had elementary principles that were pressing in on them. They were being tempted to place their faith and trust in things other than Christ. The word for elementary principles in this text is rudiments. It's the ABCs. It's the, it's the one, two, threes. And the point here is this. Anchor yourself in the basics of Christ. Anchor yourself in the ABCs of your spiritual life. Anchor yourself. Remember what we said from the beginning, walking with Christ, keeping your walk steady with Christ. Yes, there are deep and rich truths, but come on, keep it simple before the Lord right now. Lord, I love you. Help me love other people. Take your steps. Lord, I'm crying out to you right now. Now, even with supplication and urgency, Lord God, I'm praying. Now, Lord God, speak to me through your word. Father, remind me today. Here's a first principle. Remind me of this principle, God. I don't have to live in fear, for I am deeply rooted in you. Oh, God, would you please now Build me up and allow me to be built up by other believers and friends. This is why spiritual community is so important. And that's the longing that you fill in your heart right now as you're not able to be physically with the people that you love. But in just a couple of moments, you'll be able to meet virtually with your small group and you'll be able to practice these things. You're gonna be able to encourage one another. You're gonna be able to speak words of truth, building one another up. Oh, whatever weight you carry into this time, I pray that you would leave with gratefulness, grateful hearts, full of joy and faith and hope.
walk in the Lord is steady. Our roots in the Lord is strong. Our establishment in the Lord is sturdy. Our gratitude in Christ, it will be full and saturated by the Holy Spirit. Come on, hear this today. The Lord's got you. Your safety and security is found in the Lord. Psalm 139, your days are numbered. The Lord knows every breath that you'll breathe. You won't take one more and you won't take one less. Come on, Christian, believe this. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord Jesus Christ. What shall we fear? Can anything separate you from the love of God? Come on, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. The Lord is with you. The Lord has got you. The Lord is growing you. The Lord is teaching you. The Lord is fulfilling you. The Lord is protecting you. And all of these truths can be claimed by you if you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is the gospel, friends. This is how this truth can be applied to you. The Bible says this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God is holy. So the Bible goes on to say that the wage of sin is death. But there's this beautiful word, but. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, here's the good news. God commended his own love toward us even while we were still sinners. Christ Jesus died for us. And so Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ was crucified and then he rose from the dead, you too will be saved. But with the mind, one believes. But with the, with the heart, one believes. But with the mouth, one confesses. Friend, right where you are, you can pray to the Lord right now. You can ask him to save your soul. And when you do, you become a new creation. And you can begin to experience a steady walk with Christ. There'll be a security and a rootedness come into your life like you've never experienced before. And then you'll feel this sense of being built up and your attitude will change and your heart will be softened in many ways. You become part of a spiritual family. Gratitude could fill your soul. And there will be a sense of safety knowing this, whatever comes our way on this earth, we have a home in heaven with Christ our Lord. And so, Father, we come to you now, and we pray, and we thank you for your goodness over us. Father, give us the strength to pursue you. Give us the strength to walk with you. Give us the confidence to be rooted in you. Give us the diligence to, be, to build with you. Oh, Lord God, fill our hearts with peace and hope and strength and thanksgiving. Oh, God, then please give us a sense of protection, knowing and believing that you have us in your grip. And Lord God, for those who need to trust you as their Lord and Savior, oh God, I pray that they would cry out to you to save them now. Even in this moment as we sing, may they do it, we pray in Jesus' name.